Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart here, and today we've got a fantastic guest. Um, super lucky to have grabbed some time with Randy Davis, who's the author of The Bootstrap Billionaire. Randy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks, Stuart. Fantastic. So this was a, like I said, a great opportunity. We've been emailing a little bit offline and then Randy's been talking closely with Betsy. I was going through the process. So we've just got to the end of of getting Randy's book created. I thought this was a great opportunity because Randy's very established in what he does, got some great ideas for how to use the book, had a good experience going through the process. So I really wanted to jump on a call and share with everyone what that journey looked like, what brought you to writing in the first place. And then, uh, as I mentioned before, we'll run through the ideas we've got for using it. But um, let's start with, do you want to give everyone listening a background on yourself and kind of um, quick overview of the Randy Davis story? Sure. Um, you know, I started out to be, uh, well, I guess I turned out to be an entrepreneur that's kind of a serial entrepreneur. Uh, that was never my intent. I, I, I started a company uh, back during my college days, and uh, the first business uh, went bankrupt uh, because of uh, abdic- confusing abdication with instead of delegation. And then I <laughs> built another business, and <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I look back on it, and, and uh, I could tell you that it wasn't my fault, but the reality was, it was, <laughs> it was my fault. And uh, and so as a result of that bankruptcy, um, I, I found myself without a place to live. Um, went through a divorce, uh, you know, just it's all the pressures that come in with it. And so yeah. then I just uh, lived lived in a small car um, for, for some, quite some time until I could get wow. back on my feet again. I built another company and um, and then built another company. And with where we're at today, I, I have built and uh, uh, sold 18 different businesses. I'm now starting number 19. And um, usually what happens is I build a really great company that somebody wants to buy. I don't want to sell it. And then they <laughs> they, they keep after me. The price, <laughs> yeah, the price price kind of increases. I was like, okay, well, I'd be foolish not to sell because uh, everyone's <laughs> going to be well taken care of. You know, the constituents and, and the clients and the staff. And yeah. So that, that's that's what I've done. And, and then I sold my last business, and uh, that was probably the most su- successful exit that I had. So as it should be, since it, you know you you learn from each one and you build from it, and uh, decided what what do I want to do next? And in the meantime, I found myself helping a lot of other entrepreneurs uh, build businesses. I'd find they could scale to a certain level and then they couldn't really get past that level. And it, it wasn't just about the ceiling of complexity. It was, they didn't have a business set up that could scale. They didn't have the business set up to where they could exit with the highest valuations. And so I started seeing a need there. And uh, that's what really brought me to, to uh, writing this book. So I, I tried to figure out what do I want to do with the re- your rest of my life? Cause I've, had a pretty great life up to this point. What can I do to make a contribution to society? And I thought, mm, come up with some different ideas. I want, I want to work on transforming the nursing home industry. I want to transform the financial services industry. I want to do this. What it, but I would, I would get excited for two weeks and then it would uh, kind right. of wane. And uh, what I found, well, I, I, I found there was a void there. And that void was I was not helping and interacting with other business owners that wanted to build something and had it great ambitions. And and on those little side hustles I had in the past where I helped business owners, I really, really loved doing that. So then I, I thought, well, wouldn't it be neat if I could start over again knowing what I know now? What if I could take the assets I've acquired and have them sequestered where I cannot have access to them? What if I would take relationships that I've built and not 
reach out to those relationships? What if I started over without using any assets, without using any former relationships, with the only thing I had was the knowledge and experience I acquired? Could I do that and go from zero to build a company to over a billion dollars in less than seven years, working 30 hours a week, taking 12 weeks vacation and having a great life in the process? And I thought, and so I started thinking about that and I started getting more excited, became more sustainable. Um, It worked out, uh, you know, preliminary strategies to do it. And that's what I decided to do. So I I have something that's called the Bootstrap Billionaire Project. And that's just, that's testing Randy to see if he could get from A to to Z uh, under the guidelines that I just mentioned. But then in the meantime, I started working with ambitious business owners. And I thought the Bootstrap Billionaire could be a metaphor for business owners that are maybe doing seven figure and they want to go to eight or nine or some are wanting to go to 10. And they want to do something that makes a difference in, in other people's lives. And they want to have freedom in their own life and, and never worry about money again and, and be able to kind of have that dream life. And um, so that's where the book comes in, The Bootstrap Billionaire, How to Build an Eight-Figure or Nine-Figure Business You Can Sell for $100 million or more. Because I found a lot of people selling businesses, but they ended up with the short end of the stick after the business was yeah. sold, you know? And, yeah. uh, and I want to try to correct that now. Yeah. We were talking just before we started recording about the benefits of hindsight, um, particularly around writing the book, but the business approach that you've had the experience, that question of what would you do if you lost everything today apart from the knowledge and experience you've got? And I think so often is the case where you're at, you arrive at a situation where you might be either needing to sell or have an office so you're in a position to sell. But without starting with that in mind, if it's something that you haven't necessarily spent much time thinking about, I can imagine it's far, far too easy with all of the complexities of that process of ending up with the short end of the stick. So the the kind of um, the knowledge, the framework, the the questions that are in the book, the pointers that are given to people is really helpful to guide someone in the right direction in a direction that they haven't necessarily thought about before was that the you mentioned the businesses that had sold and then more recently working with other entrepreneurs business owners that are in a similar situation was that intentional do you go and look for those guys or did they just come to you because of your experience and and known within the within the industry yeah uh, initially um i wanted to to test um you know i you know, I, I'm from the school of thought of like, try to come up with the idea and, and make it the best you can and then get it out in the marketplace, kind of a minimum viable product, um, not not to sacrifice quality, but just to find out if there's truly a, a desire uh, that yeah. people want it. So, uh, and, and yet the other part, if, if I was going to be working with them individually, um, when I'm saying individually in, in a really small, intimate group, um, it, it needed to have the kind of a, a price point that... Um, would would allow for that because I was going to take yeah. the proceeds from that money to, as seed capital to build this enterprise that's going to be over a billion dollars. So, so in other words, the the the, the you know, investment to be part of it was going to be significant. So I had to have individuals that had the the desire, the ambition, the the resourcefulness, um, you know, to be in alignment to where they could get a, a high ROI out of out of that, you know, right away, uh, kind of that easy win for them. And so with that in mind, um, I was looking for individuals that had, had been in business, um, for at least three years, uh, that they, they had a, a seven figure business or higher. And their goal was to build a nine figure business. 
and and they really really wanted to do that and and so then what would happen is uh, uh, we would have a, an hour uh, conversation on the phone to see if it was a, a good mutual fit. If it was a good mutual fit, then they would um, enroll in a, in a three-day workshop that was really a, an intense workshop, and that was giving them a test drive of what they could expect from the program. And yeah. then uh, if, we, if we both agreed, then the next step was they, they entered the, the uh, high-end program. And I call that uh, the Elite 30 uh, mentor program because it's not a mastermind. It's, it's a true mentorship program with, with elements of mastermind. And, and there's also some uh, personal one-on-one interaction that I do with them as well. So, um, yeah, they, you know, they, 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 it wasn't someone just starting a company without any experience in the company. Of building a business, you know, we want someone that you know has kind of bruised their knees and uh, you know had had you know a lot of them you know growth requires cash, so a lot of the the businesses were really you know they're they're all successful. I mean, the the thing I hear from the people in the group is that they are totally impressed with the quality of people in the program, and uh, for e- for every one person that we um, invited into the program, we pl- being very polite and kind. Uh, yeah. we, we did not accept eight. Uh, that was kind of the ratio. So, we, you know, we, we would turn away eight when we accepted one. And, uh, and then what I, what I do for the, the eight is I have some other ways to help them, uh, just so I feel like I'm not being some jerk or something, you know? Yeah. Turning people away and not giving them any yeah, place I, else yeah, to I go. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like to do that, but I, but I had to do it to, for, because we have a small group, uh, you know, the, the, the people you hang out with, it's, it's going to elevate the group. Plus then the, the knowledge and we needed people that were fast implementers that uh, yeah. would take action that they, they didn't sit around waiting on osmosis, you know. And you say a lot of the time, it seems like um, turning people away. We talk about this when we talk about kind of single target markets and in the book context, knowing which group of people that you're you're targeting. And it's not that there's anything wrong with the other groups. It's just they're not an ideal fit for this particular process or this particular book in, in that case. Yes. So having yes. somewhere else for them to go or knowing that you might get to that group of people later being better um, with an offer that's better suited to them or knowing that they'll be in a better place either from, as you say, there's a, a there's an investment requirement, there's a time requirement, an experience requirement. Um, so knowing that it's not best suiting them, I think just jumping back to to books, the the um, the subject people that are listening in, it's not a case of excluding other people. It's a case no. of targeting or refining the offer for the group that it's best best suited for. Yes. That, that, that's um, correct because you know they're great people and, and actually what i ended up doing because it was so distasteful to me to have to tell someone that they couldn't do it i repositioned that what we'll do is we, we will find which path is is best serving for you because it's the number one thing for me is value creation for them um yeah. you know i want them to have a tremendous multiple right so so I, I flipped it from them feeling rejected to let's i'm offering two programs let's find which one's the best fit for you that's going to make the biggest difference in your life and by that, then I can, uh, you know, if someone's, you know, they're doing a, a six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure business, but they're not really ready for that Elite 30 group, then we have the, the three-day workshops that, that we facilitate for them. So they don't feel like they're being rejected. They're just, they feel like they're getting the, the best path that's most fitting yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do the same over this side on the coaching side of the business. We've got uh, the three-day events that Dean runs, which are a great introduction and kind of that nice middle layer above just listening to some of the 
podcasts that we've got out there, which are obviously no cost, or we've got some introductory programs like Email Mastery or Breakthrough Blueprint. The three-day event is then that great for a group, a small group of people who have a certain amount to mm-hmm. invest and come with a certain ideas. But then above and beyond that, there's the one-on-one stuff that we do, which is more commitment, both financial and time-based. And that really works best for people who have either been around the group for a long time anyway. So there's a commonality of language or who have been mm-hmm. through the three-day event. So there's that baseline because if we bring people straight in at the higher level, then you can spend, um, I mean, not waste so much of their time, but take so much of their time, which effectively they're paying for just trying to get to that baseline, that commonality of language, mm-hmm. which I think for yeah. us is quite a big difference. We see it on the book side of the business as well. We talk quite a lot about the single target market and then educate and motivate people towards making the decision. And that step by step, it does actually work better if um, if people have got a, an understanding of the breakthrough DNA, the eight profit activators, because there's that commonality of language. Again, not saying that it doesn't work for people who don't come in through that route, but there's definitely, um, you get to the kind of the 202 level a lot quicker than uh, than stepping through stage by stage by stage yes yes that's, the, that's the, a great great approach the book then is addressing that that group of people who've got the interest in uh, the title of the bootstrap billionaire draws attention raises gets people to raise their hand was it a particular group of people that you were looking at attracting with the book was it people who knew you already who were in that world already or people who didn't yet know you and this was their first introduction yeah um that's a that's a great question because i um because of the nature of of launching myself on this project called bootstrap billionaire i could not go i could not work with people that i knew already i had to start with brand new fresh relationships that did not know me and i wasn't quite certain which group of people i wanted to target you know i do see the value in targeting and so since I wasn't really clear on targeting, what I did is I went out and I uh, picked up some some speaking engagements with yeah. with um, different masterminds, and I, then I, I looked to see which ones I got the most traction from in terms of of interest. So so the way that w- worked okay. is I, I would give a presentation to some masterminds, and then I would offer the three day you know I, I would all you know talk about the Elite Thirty program. And um, it could be, the the reason I was going after individuals that want to build an eight figure, nine figure, ten figure business is there's a lot of companies out there serving people of going from six hundred thousand to you know seven figures or or, or six figures to seven figures, yeah. Uh, and then some people kind of broach into the low ends of eight, but there's there's this group out there that that they're at a point where they could go higher, but they don't know how. And I found yeah. that was kind of my, my sweet spot of, of really adding value in the marketplace. So I started, I positioned myself um, to speak with different masterminds and then out of those masterminds, find the individuals. You know, I mean, any of them that raised their hand, they were interested in building a nine figure business. Yeah. And, uh, and then I had them come through the workshop. So the other thing that I did um, on that was that um, they, <laughs> With the individual, what I found was, if if I look at the at the the makeup of my group right now, um, about fifty percent of it, to well, actually closer to seventy percent of it, is individuals that's doing some form of e-commerce. 
Right. And then and then then the other percentage is individuals that are doing some service-based business. Uh, it might be uh, so like like retired Navy SEAL that is, uh, retired from the SEALs and now they're they're starting a fitness company. It might be someone that was. Uh, uh, and, and if we look at sectors, I would say that probably 80% of the people in, in mine are they have some type of a health or fitness business. And then the That's other percentage, they're dealing with they're dealing with a, a kind of survival preparedness, right? Uh, and 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 uh, and then uh, you know, consulting, uh, you know, like in um, doing a digital agency or something. I have have a, a few people doing digital agencies. So that that's kind of what I have with this group here, and um, they just seem and, and because it's growing primarily from referrals, uh, you know, for that for that reason, it, it's. Um, um, seems like I'm getting more and more e-commerce individuals into the program. Right. And that is that um, you touched on towards the end there, a lot of it was referral-based business. So there's a kind of industry grouping from those referrals, I guess. Prior mm -hmm. to that, yes. was that, um, do you think that it just resonates with that group of people or was that a kind of a factor of how you reached out? Because I'm conscious that, um, as you were saying, for the Bootstrap Billionaire Project, the aim of that was to create the business not using existing resources, but just existing knowledge. So it's not like you had a big footprint in that area. These are people who you're who didn't previously know you. So the the um, the gateway into that group is it kind of more of a coincidence, and it's organically developed in that that way, or can you attribute it to something else in particular? No, no, I, I would say that you're accurate on that because, uh, I, again, I, it was it was something where I wasn't certain what um, group of, of business owners would have interest in this this project as far as like to market to that group. And yeah. so, what my thought was is to try different groups and see, um, you know, who, who would resonate with. I mean, I have doctors in there, uh, chiropractors, and. Uh, so that's that's the part that's falling over under under the uh, health space, but um, the reason it grew was just because of introductions. I mean, I started out with just this small small core, and 100% of the business that has come in and grown has been purely from introductions, and and it's unsolicited. I mean, I'll, I'll have them call me up and say, hey, can I? Uh, I have this guy I think would really be good. Uh, can can I set you guys up and you have conversations see if they're fit for the program. Now, what I'm planning to do on the Bootstrap Billionaire Project, though, is um, we have to have a larger number of individuals than, than what I have. You know, this piece that I'm working on is providing the the cash flow to do the the seed capital to to grow without raising outside capital the uh, billionaire project. And yeah. what we're going to do is, is create a program where we'll have 350,000 Main Street type mom and pop businesses uh, that that comes through our program that does not have aspirations to build a nine or 10 figure company. They have aspirations of building seven and eight figure uh, companies. But what we're bringing to bear is something that I haven't found anyone out there. And I've been told by our existing mentees that what we're offering, there, there's no one out there showing them how to manage for profit and showing them how to manage for cash flow to deal with growth and mm -hmm. how to hire their employees. And, and so for that reason, it, we'll, we'll be able to help a broader spectrum. And our goal is to have 350,000 coaching clients within five years. And that, that's part of where this book's going to be coming in. Yeah. Yeah. And identifying the difference, narrowing down, starting from a place of this potentially could help anyone 
within the, the certain constraints that you knew about going into it but dialing that in over time to say just as we were talking about before with excluding or not excluding people it's not that um as these groups these natural groups start to form inside it there's just commonality of language and commonality yep. of experience and people can more easily see themselves in the examples provided by others so again it's not that any people are being excluded it's just that as you're trying to reach out to people and this is where the book does a great job backed up by the examples and the support and material but as you're reaching out to people there's just opportunities to then group people together in like categories so that the things that you put in front of them are more likely to resonate than less likely to resonate it's not um either share something with them or not share something with them it's just putting in front of them the thing that is most likely to encourage people to take the next step or educate them on a particular point because they're seeing more commonality in the thing that they're looking at absolutely yeah it's like if i would have a workshop to teach people how to speak spanish versus the workshop to teach them how to speak Mandarin. You know, right. to, to commingle that, uh, you're doing a disservice to both. But in both cases, the language <laughs> is, is valuable, right? So that's kind of, yeah. that's what we're looking at, yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's such a great example because it's so clearly obvious that someone wouldn't think of commingling languages. But in so many other cases, I think Susan and Betsy, as they're talking to the guys that come on board to begin with, there's quite a lot of, um, in certain circumstances, there's some resistance because they do see it as scarcity. They want to include as many people as possible. But that's a great way of putting it. If you're, it's not that you're um, excluding people, it's just that for this particular job, of the job of work of this particular thing, we're trying to go for the most... Um, the thing that's going to get the most bang for the book, the thing that's going to attract the most people, the most relevant people, and just really get that dialed in. So, yeah, breaking this mental model, mental model of exclusion or or separating people away, into positioning it as the most effective thing that can be done at the moment, and then other things can be done afterwards. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So, let's talk about how you're thinking about using it. So, as I mentioned at the start, we've just finished the book now um getting it out there to people we're saying it's it's written for the group of people who are interested in that eight to nine figure business it's not aiming at um or it's it's clear on the group of people that it is aiming for but in terms of how that's getting out there do you have any ideas going into the project of how you'd intend to get in front of people so you mentioned speaking engagement so is this going to be a physical thing at more events or the um the referrals the the word of mouth referrals that you get and so uh, is this more of a referral strategy approach yeah um yeah what we're hoping to use the 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 book for will be as a lead generation uh tool uh to uh, attract people to webinars and um the other thing I, i in addition to some other traditional marketing channels uh, I, I'm still a firm believer because of the other businesses that I've built in the past of having kind of a boots on the ground sales team. And um, right. so what what we're using the uh, book for for that group will be when they go into uh, uh, different businesses and, um, you know, offer to give that book uh, free to the business owner and, and have a way to kind of open the door to get in and start a conversation. And then from there, um, we'll, we'll target a, a certain geographic area. And, and initially, I'm doing this, but I have some other individuals that I'm uh, hiring that will, uh, from the National Speakers Association that likes to, you know, they want to speak as a profession. 
And so I, I've hired them to where we'll go into certain geographic areas. So we might target, um, say, Tennessee, a certain area around Nashville. And then we'll have our boots on the ground uh, team going in with the book, uh, the hardcover book, to build interest to attract people to a free evening um, seminar. And then from that seminar, uh, we will offer the, the uh, multi-day weekend workshop. That yeah, orchestrated we, approach that builds on a small, low commitment start through to the next step and the next step and the next step is such a fantastic way of thinking about it. I was talking on one of the shows a couple of weeks ago about this idea of thinking about the um, that minimum uh, Again, I mean, it's a, it's a riff off someone else's, but I'd, I was calling it internally the minimum viable commitment, this small step to take them to the next stage, not kind of jumping too far in advance. It's not, you're not trying to sell the the high-end program, the the, um, the small group program specifically from the book. It's the introduction to the next step. So having that orchestrated approach of getting people to raise their hands, getting a copy of the book, lead them onto material that they can download. So on the, um, the next steps in the book lead through to the checklists that you've got all of these things that help people improve their knowledge, evidence for themselves that they're in the right place, reassure them of what the next simple step is and, and lead them in that direction. It's such a better approach than just trying. A lot of times I think people think of, of writing a book as an answer to too many questions it's it's the thing that they're creating that will solve ultimate problems rather than it being a great step in the process to move people towards that uh, that decision to to actively do some work with you one of the early podcasts that we did was with um, lisa sasevich a couple of years ago now and they were doing the the same thing using the book as the as the cookie as the introductory piece and then the follow-up sequence that lisa had was to lead people to their speak to sell webinar and then the webinar led to the event um i'll put a link to that episode in the show notes as well so uh that's a great a great comparator to what you're doing in that in that respect i think the physical book where you were talking about the physical sales team so much of what you hear about and the engagement that people have is online and digital and email that the physical element of it is often overlooked but any scenario that you've got where you're physically able to get in front of people i think having that as a cost effective way to um enhance the relationship a little bit more i can remember oh this is i'm dating myself now this is going back maybe 20 you know, 15, 20 years maybe, a friend that I was working with, her dissertation at, at uh, university was on text messaging as gift giving. So it was the psychological gift giving element of texting someone. So this is back in the day before text messages were too overwhelming and, and email was too overwhelming. But the mm -hmm. psychological component of giving someone something and I think the book is the same thing. I mean, a lot of the information that's included in in everything that we we write is available elsewhere. But there's still something physically compelling about handing something to someone that differentiates from the crowd and, and sets that relationship up in a slightly different way. Uh, yep, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. The guys that you were talking about who are um, the sales teams that are going to be out there um, – connecting with the people the lead path you've got from 
those guys through to the organization is that more of a a one-on-one relationship that people are going to be building with a small group of individuals. So the example that you gave of the initial group that's in there, that was, that seemed to be a very personal connection and, and uh, a close relationship you had with them. The guys that are out there at the kind of sales teams level, is that similar working with a small group of people or are they going to be engaged to work with a larger group and they're looking to bring people into this 350,000 member tier? Yeah. the. Uh... Uh, what what we would do is on the uh, when we go in for like the the, uh, the the first free two and a half hour evening event or weekend event that that's free from the book that will uh, be smaller groups that um, we will then drive into a hub uh, if if they if they get involved in the three three day workshop and then the three day workshop will have a, approximately a hundred people uh, in, in that particular event. Um, right. You know, we, we we don't really want to move to the 300 uh, attendees because at that point, you're, you know, we it is a workshop where they, you know, we'll have facilitators there to help and work with them. But yeah. uh, to get the, get the price point down lower, uh, you know, we, we have to be working with that. So, you know, it might be something where, you know, in, in Nashville, you might have 50 people show up for that evening uh, or weekend event, the free one, or there might be yeah. 25 people. And, and we found that that we have a, a higher closing ratio if we keep the numbers at about thirty or less. Yeah. Uh, so so that so th- it, it's it's going to be kind of a hybrid approach. And develop as it goes along, I guess as well. The starting um, hypothesis of how it will work will kind of shake out in the real world. I think mm-hmm. the point that you were making there, and again, jumping back to books, this is what we try and encourage people to do as much as possible. Is the practical nature of everything you're doing so i think you're careful not to just call it uh, a mental type program it's more of the the workshop and the hands-on leading people through with specific action steps rather than the um rather than just the the motivational side of talking about it with like-minded people similarly with books and your book particularly the call to actions towards the end to have the checklists in there and there's a lot of practical examples being in a situation where you can if they had nothing else the thing that they've got in front of them at the moment whether it's the the book or a, or a guide or a report or they're at the event if they had nothing else they get value from that individual thing i think that's a much more successful way of thinking about things so jumping back to the books a much more successful way of thinking about a book if someone had nothing else apart from that that book that asset there was absolute value from it rather than the other approach which we see sometimes of people not wanting to give too much away they want to keep something back and and almost have it as um an extended like a super long form sales letter where people are talking Mm -hmm. about the potential and what things could happen but not actually given any nuts and bolts um, techniques or or tactics or way of people to kind of progress at that stage. I think that's what I really like about the approach that you've got. It's the overall picture is supported because it's it's moving people in the, the direction that we want to move them. But each individual step of the process is valuable in its own right. I don't know if you've had mm-hmm. that feedback or you've you've um, if that was intentional, but uh, but that really comes through in in what we've got. Yeah. Yeah, sounds great. So, yeah, I, uh, you know it, it, it's worked out, and you know, and, and we we we've tested this enough with uh, 
I, you know, like I did the risk reversal on the, on the workshop and, and I would tell people uh, initially, you know, just, just make a deposit and then show up to the workshop. And if it doesn't, you know, deliver on the promises that's been made to you in turn that, that are actionable, uh, you know, value creation promises, then let us know and we will refund twice the, uh, um, tuition to join plus right. reimburse you uh, all your travel. But, but what we're doing is we're giving them double your money back kind of thing. And we haven't had yeah. anyone take us up on that. So. Yeah. Um, as a matter of right. fact, we have, have we have a high high ratio of people that sign up for the program as a result, right? And that confidence that we talk about in the eight profit activators, the uh, that breakthrough DNA um, structure, that as you're converting people or making the offer to convert people into customers, so going from the before unit to the during unit, of making that mafia style offer, of making it as easy as possible for people to get started. Um, removing mm-hmm. those resistance points, it's um, it definitely oils the wheels through the process and and helps people make that decision without feeling too much um, too much concern outside of what they're actually are they going to get value from the thing. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I always say to people as we start this, we'll kind of uh, we'll go for half an hour and conscious of people's time and the generosity of, of coming on the call here to share the story. And then 35 minutes in, I, I look up and the, and the clock's kind of wound on a lot. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on before we, we, uh, we wrapped up was we've talked about uh, why you're writing the book and the groups of people that it's engaging with. Hopefully as you're listening to this, you've got some ideas and, and bridging across into your own subject. As far as the process went were there any particular pain points or points that were more uh, straightforward i know a lot of people listening haven't pulled the plug and and jumped on board yet in part because okay. they're they've got some concerns but is there anything you can do i always just want to be able to shake people and say listen just do it <laughs> but yeah that's obviously yeah. not the <laughs> Well, I, so I, I, think, I think that's a good approach. Shake, shake them and tell them to do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing is I've had uh, some, some of the better known authors out there in the business world, probably for 15, 20 years, they kept saying, Randy, you need to write a book. You need to get this out of your head and on the paper. And uh, it just, I said, I will someday, you know, it, it, yeah. it wasn't part of my plan. And uh, so I would say one thing that was, um, you know, I, I, I did something where I kind of like, it was unintentional at the time, but it, looking back hindsight 2020, you know, that old uh, uh, adage about burning a ship where you can't retreat. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of put myself in that position accidentally. And all of a sudden, like, wow, I have to get this book done by this date. And I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that right now uh, with everything else. And so I had a, a gentleman that I have a, a mentor call with uh, uh, every other week, and he had worked with your company. He said, Randy, you ought to take a look at 90 minute book. He said, I think they could solve your problem because he knew I was like totally stressed. Like, how am I going to do this? Right. But I over, I was already overcommitted, you know? And, um, <laughs> so I, I con- contacted your company and, and, uh, I mean, I had, uh, just a, the most crazy deadline that anyone, uh, to, to the point that I even felt guilty contacting your company, uh, with, <laughs> with the deadline looming. And, uh, so I spoke to Betsy and it's like, she says, uh, yeah, it is tight. <laughs> yes, it would be better if, <laughs> but you know what? We're going to make this happen. And I go, well, I don't want to cause problems for you. No, don't worry. We're, we're going to make this happen. And, um, and it's been that way all the way through. I mean, your, your team, you have such a great system set up and a process that this thing runs through. And, and, uh, every person I work with, it was like they, they had a can do attitude. They had, had an attitude of wanting to do the, the absolute best. They wanted better than. 
And uh, so the, the only, only uh, cog or problem with, with the process was me. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and what was great is you have such a great team that they could take my incompetencies. They could take my uh, ridiculous uh, timeframes that I set out that I backed myself into that corner and they made it all happen. And, uh, you know, and hopefully not everybody's like me. So, cause that would, that would not be fair to your team to have to deal with a, a lot of people like me. But, you know, the bottom line is I got myself into a mess. Your team got me out of the mess and, uh, they did it in the most first class way that you could imagine. I mean, above and beyond. Um, and so I, you know, the, the, the reality is I, like I said, I've been resisting for 15 to 20 years. Now, you know, it's kind of like when you remodel a home or build a new home or whatever, you can look at it and say, well, if I had to over again, I tweak this or tweak that. That's all my own stuff uh, that, uh, man, I just I just love it because what I do know is I would not have the book done and I would have some uh, companies mad at me for not having that book done if it wasn't for your team. <laughs> you know, so so <laughs> it was great. So if anybody's sitting on the fence and procrastinating like I did, uh, because now what's happening is I thought, wow. Now that I know that process and how you guys are doing it, I could hire you to build another book and it could be, uh, you know, something where I actually have a better timeline to, to pull it off instead of, you know, doing the crazy stuff that I did. And I'm already seeing ways to leverage that. It's just like, yeah, you, you probably have a lot more books inside of you that you want to get out there for different markets and targets yeah. and stuff. But uh, the bottom line is they can they cannot go wrong by working with your team. And I'm not saying that because we're on this call, uh, because if I didn't feel that way, I just wouldn't be saying it. And uh, uh, it's just like my life is awesome right now. And it's because your team really helped me create a product that uh, I could be proud of. Well, like we were saying just before, as we um, as we started the call, just before we started recording, it's it's a reflection of 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 you particularly and and the people that come through the process that we're able to move so quickly because people are responsive and it can do attitude on that side as well really really helps it move through i think the the key thing that if i could shake people and and uh, and get it in there is that the first one's always the biggest step um the biggest um unknown and and things seem like more of a challenge than they turn out to be but getting that first one done and dusted not that everyone needs to write 10 but exactly you said the majority of people then have further books that that spring to mind and knowing that we can make the process straightforward and help people get what's in the head down onto the page just really Mm -hmm. means that there's more knowledge and information out there and if we can share people's stories and experience and the expertise that they've had which means that customers and potential customers reading it are going to get a better experience because they've got uh, they've got knowledge and, and understanding that they wouldn't have otherwise just mm-hmm. as quick and easy as we can make the process to get that information out there i think it's a, a, yeah. a win-win for everyone yeah yeah i think well, we just know, passed sure, uh, oh, when, when you, you you made a comment about uh you know to most people it looks more daunting and, and that than it, than it has to be when you when you're looking at your first book and and I know that I felt that, but I think something that has to be said there is that it could be that overwhelming and that daunting if they try to do it alone, because <laughs> to, to, to accomplish what I was able to do with the, the book and getting it done, uh, if if it was left to my own device, it probably would be a two-year project and it would have been a, a, a sloppier product at the end. And so it's really a painless, uh, you know, it, it truly is painless for the very first one, because this is my first one. 
of doing it with your team. Your team makes it painless. They make it seamless. They make it effortless. I mean, yes, you have to apply yourself. You have to be responsive. You have to do some thinking. But they really take all the really hard stuff that you have to do. And, um, you know, and, and they have a process and a system to do it for you. And, yeah. uh, you know, each, each person I worked with on your team, you know, there's several that keep working and they're, they're just, they're incredible. Each one is a master in their own area. I think we're just passing 500 or so books now. So I was talking to Glenn, who's one of our designers the other day. And, uh, he was saying that, um, he was talking about someone else's books out there that he'd seen and was talking about their expertise. I was saying, wait, 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 hold on a second. How many have you done personally? And like, he's been around for the longest, so the number is over 200 something. I think who else out there has done 200 book covers? Out of the whole population of designers, don't undersell mm-hmm. yourself. You're one of the leading book cover designers out there because of this wealth of expertise that, that just you've got. So it's funny that even the team don't necessarily take that uh, step back sometimes to think about just how much work they've done. And I think we're four years in now. Um, two, yeah, almost five years in. God, <laughs> um, that's, mm-hmm. scary. that's not fast. Um, but yeah, it's, it's easy to forget. And and now, now we're falling into the trap sometimes of forgetting exactly the same as we say to other authors. Don't forget how much the basic information, how much stuff seems run of the mill to you, but to people out there, potential customers who are desperate in this information gathering phase, how much those basic things are still very valuable to them because they haven't been through that experience yet. So we are uh, right. we're conscious of not falling into the same trap. And the stuff that we do day in day out seems straightforward, but it's it's daunting and not a unique ability and a, and a pain in the neck for some other people so yeah the more we can facilitate that the uh the better yeah so if, if they hire your hire your team it's going to be easy for the first book and then uh, the second one if they choose to do it it's just going to be a no-brainer yeah hopefully easier and easier and, and quicker and quicker we should um yep. we've got uh we're just finishing another one at the moment and uh and I think I've maybe got a call scheduled in a couple of weeks. Um, but they're on book five or six now. And the last one, the most recent one, has, uh, I mean, you, it barely touched the sides on the process. It, it, it really flew through because uh, everyone was, it, this isn't the first the, the first time for either the author or for the team working with them particularly. So, yeah, it definitely, some of them you really see, see fly through. Um, Fantastic. Okay. I'm super conscious of your time. I, I really could talk about, uh, a lot more about this, but uh, conscious of letting you go. Uh, before I do, where's a good place for people as they're listening to hear more about the Bootstrap Billionaire Project and, and you? Is there anyone that people, anywhere that people can listening to? I'm tripping over my word. It must be time to go. Is there anywhere that as people are listening, they can go to find out more about what you guys are doing? Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I need to preface it by saying I've spent my entire life up to this point, flying under the radar, trying to be private. So I'm just now stepping out into the uh, digital. I mean, I intentionally uh, did not have a website by design because I just I wanted to be private. So yeah. the best way for them to reach out right now, and I'm saying it because it's it's still work in progress. Uh, the website, but it's it's just randydavis.io. So www.randydavis.io. Uh, I'll have free resources on there, but just I'm going to be building off of that. I'll have a, a podcast of information I'm sharing. Uh, I kind of share the behind the scenes trials and tribulations of the Bootstrap Billionaire project that I'm working on. And uh, the main thing is we we wanted to just uh, help people that come there. So that'd be a great place for them to start out. Just www.randydavis.io. 
Fantastic. Well, I'll be sure to put a note of that, a link in that in the show notes as well. So as always, head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast and um, Randy's episode will be the latest one there. And uh, let me audibly shake you if I can't visibly, uh, physically shake you and just say get started. So head over to the site and follow the get started links and uh, and we can get your book out there. Randy, uh been an absolute pleasure. I know this isn't going to be the last time we speak. I'm looking forward to checking in in a in a uh, in the weeks and months to ahead to come and see how the book's turning out and and how the project is turning out as well so again many thanks for your time i know people listening to this will have got a lot, a lot out of both your story and your experience so again thank you and looking forward to speaking to you um in the future i am as well thank you Stuart. thanks to your team uh you're all fantastic and i hope everyone listening if they're sitting on the fence like i did they get off the fence <laughs> and and they give you guys a call <laughs> So, uh, so I look forward to meeting you in the future. I know we're going to touch base, and, and uh, that's excited. And, and thanks for having me on the call today. Fantastic. That's great. Okay. Thanks, everyone. We will catch you in the next one.